Hello friends, and welcome to the Dr. Doom podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Doom. I'm uh, recording this on my phone, sitting on the back deck of the fishing camp. I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, it's nice to have a little bit of peace and quiet. I'm pretty tired from the last, well, the last month of having my brother's family home, really. It was really fun, though. There was... um, you know, it's funny, uh, they, they raise their kids uh, to be very, I don't know, outdoorsy, I guess. And those kids are tough as nails. And, uh, and like, so when they first got here, the kids would, I don't know, just randomly attack me. And I think they thought it was in good fun, but I had all these slap marks on my back and my ass cheeks from these kids just whacking me. Um, now they'd flown from Australia and part of it was probably that they're a bit overtired, but I just tried to be patient. And by the end of the trip, they weren't whacking me anymore. It was great. <laughs> so now I really miss them. Uh, at first I was like, well, when they go home, at least I'll stop being slapped. But now I'm like, ah, oh, I miss having my little buddies around. Um, Jack and Chrissy stayed, um, with my mom because she's having a hard time, but I've got people coming up to the camp and I had to get it cleaned up and clean out the mice carcasses and, and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, it's beautiful here. It's, uh, this is the first peace and quiet, like real peace and quiet I've had in a month. And uh, I've got to go back to work next week. And, uh, speaking of work, so there was a big shakeup. Um, you know, earlier on, I talked about comparing the American and Canadian healthcare systems and, and neither one, I think is necessarily ideal. Um, but, uh, you know, in the States, you often hear the rhetoric of like, well, I can go to Canada and get free healthcare, but you, if, if you can get in, you get world-class healthcare here, but there's, I mean, every day I'm getting an email that an emergency department is closed and I'm even kind of feeling a little bit guilty about taking vacation. We have people quitting left, right, and center. Uh, one of my colleagues just let us know that he's leaving And so that means I'm going to be on one in four call for the next year. He's a great guy. I don't have any hard feelings. I don't blame him. He's young, um, got a new family. And like, it kind of feels like you're trying to uh, evacuate the Titanic. I'm pretty much, (laughs) I'm pretty much uh, stuck here unless they fire me, which they might do uh, to save money. You never know which way things are going to go. But I think it would be bad publicity to start firing the doctors who are working here when the, you know, you have a human resources crisis and not enough people working, but you never know. People have crazy ideas. Some people just generally, you'll find this if you're going into a medical career, if you've been in one, some people just hate doctors. They often end up in politics. They think you're overpaid. You're a big burden on the system, blah, blah, blah. Especially, well, you work in a public system like I do. Um, you know, they hate they hate that somebody can make money in the public system. So they just, every chance they get to burn you, they will do so. So I'm hoping that, uh, that isn't where this is all going. There's a big shakeup and they fired the CEO of the, um, uh, regional health authority that I work for. And he was a good guy. He was a doctor. He was like pretty helpful with us when we lost all our nurses. He helped us create some positions to, it's really hard to hire nurses, right? If you say you're going to be one of three and you're going to be on every third night and weekend for the rest of your life, well, that, that makes it really hard to hire the nurses that you need. 
if you say you're on you're one of six it's a lot easier and so he helped us get those positions so anyway this is kind of a rambling um intro to a strange podcast but what i really wanted to talk about was uh, some recent injuries that i suffered um if you listen to the sister podcast the one foot in the grave podcast um you'll hear all about them um but i thought i should i should recount them here because i didn't really go into a lot of detail we did a um something called timber top adventure which is um it's like you climb trees and you do obstacles way up in the trees and you're connected to these cables by you know carbiners or whatever um and uh, sometimes you can hook up your little zip line and you can zip between trees and stuff like that and as you know i'm a big guy like i was pushing 260 pounds i've actually managed knock on wood to lose a little bit of weight i'm down in the 250s now well, as of the last weigh-in, but who knows? I ate a donut today for breakfast, so I might be back up. Anyway, um, all that aside, uh, we were doing this timber top adventure, and we did it for the kids. Um, we brought all the kids there. And so, you know, the thing is designed for children and uh, adolescents, really, and they don't really account for 260-pound overweight men uh, doing the thing. Um so I, I was pretty nervous going out and I have bad feet as I've discussed. I've got the Morton's neuroma. I've got, you know, I've got <laughs> ingrown toenails, the whole works. And so I was pretty nervous, but they said, yeah, you can probably do it. You know, stick to the beginner and intermediate stuff. And I said, okay, well, that's what, that's what the plan will be. Cause my son, Jack is, he's a very cautious kid and he, that's all he wanted to do anyway. But man, the beginner and intermediate stuff is hard for a big overweight dude. I was climbing trees and I was doing these obstacles way up in the air and trying not to fall off and going around, you know, you had to like, you had to do slack line basically, but you did have this other line that you were clipped into. Um, I found it hard. I thought it was pretty challenging. I don't know what the expert stuff like the black diamond and double black diamond stuff would be like, but this was hard enough. <laughs> it was hard enough for me. But what, what happened was, um, you know, the course is designed for probably for somebody who's about 150 pounds. Um, you could zip line between things, the zip wouldn't sag, you'd be fine. But when you're my size and you're zip lining, first of all, you build up a ship pile of momentum, you know, mass times velocity. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, some of those zip lines, they were pretty long and I would sag way down in the middle and I'd be going fast as hell. Um, but for whatever reason, maybe because my ass is heavier than my legs, I would get turned around backwards every time I did the zip line and I would like smash into the ramp on the other side. And I was so low that I was really only catching, like I'd, I'd twist at the last second and like lift my feet up in the air, like doing a hollow body hold if, <laughs> if you do any CrossFit and, uh, get my feet to grab, you know, just get onto the ramp and then try to stand myself up and run up the ramp at the other end because like otherwise I'd hit it like with my pelvis right so I was struggling with this and struggling to stay right way around uh because I kept getting turned around backwards for whatever reason and um we came to the longest zip line and it was probably I don't know 100 meters long um and I I got you know, going way too fast. And I thought, man, I, I don't, and I got turned around backwards and I was trying to twist myself and that ramp was approaching really quickly. And it was like at chest height for me. And I thought, God, I'm going to rupture my spleen. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no graceful way to do this. This is really, uh, this looks scary. 
And so, oh, I got a hummingbird at my uh, hummingbird feeder. Shit, I don't have any, I only have a little tiny bit of hummingbird water for him. Sorry, bro. He's kind of gray colored. It's probably a girl. One thing with birds is that um, because of sexual selection and the price of eggs, the girls are usually gray and brown so that they're better camouflaged and the boys are the ones that are really colorful. So there you go. That's why peacock men have all the feathers. And peacock ladies, I guess you'd call them, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've heard the George Carlin. Uh, I won't say it on here because uh, I don't want to be too offensive. Uh, anyway, all that aside, so I was coming at this ramp at probably, I, I would estimate by memory, the speed of sound. And, uh, and I got myself twisted around and I hit the thing full force with the side of my right ankle. And I felt this like shock go up my leg and I thought, I just broke my leg, holy shit. And I'm, and I'm like still really going. And I tumbled up the ramp and then I grabbed onto it with my, I was wearing gloves, thank God, but I grabbed between the slats, but the gloves just slipped right off. And I went tumbling back uh, and ended up in the middle of the zip line, like upside down, you know, strapped into a harness, obviously. So I called, help, help guide this poor teenage guy is probably like i don't know 15 had to come up and rescue me and the way they rescue you is that they just they clip on and then they come out and get you and then grab your leg and like pull you by your leg back towards the ramp or whatever but i felt so stupid i, I probably could have done that myself but i had this fear that if i reached up like behind me to get the the cable that I would tilt out of my harness because the chest straps were super loose for some reason. They kept loosening on me. Anyway, I had to be rescued. I did not break my ankle. I probably sprained it though because um, it hurt to walk for a few days. But I have this mystery injury on the back of my other leg, this big black bruise. It's all like swollen and there's uh, definitely some purplish, yellowish hematoma happening. It's kind of getting that green tinge now because this was about five days ago. But... Uh, Anyway, what a strange injury and a strange adventure, but it was fun. So uh, Timbertop Adventures, yeah, A-plus for those guys. Uh, thanks for the rescue and uh, sorry for the embarrassment. I didn't swear, but my brother swore constantly. I could hear him like his voice echoing through the forest and it was all cursing. He's in about as good shape as me. Anyway, that's the story of Timbertop Adventures. I had uh, started to tell the story of dad and his cars and uh, I kind of forgot the second story <laughs> because frankly I'm totally disorganized so on the last episode I talked about his old Jaguar that he had but there was also a second part of that story uh, that also took place in Shediac and it was about um, my cousin Sally and her car so cousin Sally um, she was a really interesting lady but she was really strange as well she was a archaeologist, <clears throat> excuse me, and pardon my disgusting um, mouth and sinus noises. Um, she was an archaeologist and had a background from Harvard University, but she ended up teaching in Spokane, Washington. And um, really, really intelligent lady, but um, also kind of looked like shaped like a blueberry. And um, she was in her 80s, but she was five foot nothing and probably... Well, at her highest, she would have been around 300 pounds. She was just like t completely round, 
like uh, SpongeBob SquarePants was square. She was the round version of that. Sort of like in Willy Wonka when the kid eats the, uh, drinks from the chocolate river and turns into a blueberry. Anyway, I can't, I, I probably have that story wrong, but you get the point. Anyway, Sally had uh, emphysema. She smoked when she was younger. And um, she also always had like sinus issues and stuff. And, and she was terrified of flying, but you know, she had a house in Nova Scotia that she would come home to every summer. Now, the house was about as well run as my fishing camp. It was full of mice as well. Um, it was difficult to keep it clean. The roof was leaking, all that stuff. And she had emphysema, but, you know, she, she just, she had to come home. But as she got older, it became sort of everyone's problem to get her home. Because she, at first she would drive. She had this uh, Honda Civic, a 1991 Honda Civic. And... I mean, that's a small car, but even then you would just see her little like fluffy head over the top of the steering wheel as she was coming into town because she was so short that she almost didn't fit in the car. Like, you know, in uh, Indiana Jones, when short round has to wear the blocks on his feet, that's how I pictured her driving it. Um, She was also scared to go fast. So she drove the car in maximum third gear from Spokane, Washington to Nova Scotia, Canada. And like, she would rev the thing up to, it would be like revving at 5,000 RPM for six days in a row. So if you've ever wanted to buy a reliable car um, that you can beat the hell out of, I would recommend a 90s Honda Civic uh, based on that, uh, that vehicle. Anyway, um, as she got older, she couldn't do the drive anymore. I think she was getting like DVTs and stuff where you get blood clots in your leg from sitting for so long. And she was terrified of flying. So she had to take the train and Sally was like everyone's responsibility. So one year um, she took the train, but it was like the US Amtrak or whatever it is. And she could only go to Boston. She couldn't come all the way to Nova Scotia. So um, the year before my dad got sick, he drove down to meet her in Boston and he called me one night. Um, He picked her up and they'd driven back up and they were in Portland, Maine. And he called me from the side of the road. They were getting gas and she went in to use the washroom and he said, this is the most disgusting trip I've ever been on in my life. He said, she keeps uh, coughing up like mucus into these tissues and throwing them into the back seat of my car. And my car is full of like these mucus soaked tissues and I'm sure I'm going to get pneumonia. I don't know what is going on here. I said, keep the windows down. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. I'll find somebody to write you antibiotics if you get home. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he, I don't think he did get sick from her that time, but the car was just disgusting. She like filled his car with Kleenex and stuff. And then, um, we, she had left her little Honda Civic in storage at my uncle's place, but he was in the hospital and we couldn't get it out. So dad gave her the car. Uh, he had an old Mercedes, like a 1991 Mercedes. We're talking like 2015, 2016. Um, and, uh, and she was driving that like old E-class around and she would keep breaking it. She would keep having these accidents and calling him and he, he'd have to take it into the shop and pay to get it fixed. And then he'd give it back to her. He was a very generous and loving guy. Uh, never complained, but, um, I would have, (laughs) I'm not as good anyway. Um, so when dad got sick, uh, I had mentioned he started taking steroids and, um, and Sally announced that she was coming home and dad was a little bit manic and he got fixated on the idea that she was not driving his fucking car. There was not 
a way, no chance in hell that she was getting in that fucking car again to throw Kleenex in the back and spit up all over it. So he said, we're getting her Honda out of storage and we're getting it started. I said, okay. So we went up to this barn where it was stored. Again, I was game for the adventure. Um, we went up to this barn where the car was stored and, uh, you know, we went in and, and we got into the car and there were mice in it. There was poop on the seats and stuff. We cl- I cleaned it out as best I could, but there were Kleenex everywhere. Her Kleenex was everywhere. And dad boosted the battery and got the thing started. And he drove it. Um, you know, he's on chemotherapy at the time. He drove it to a garage to get it fixed up enough. Like it needed new tires. The tires were all cracked and stuff. Needed new tires and all this stuff. And he drove it there and he spent probably 1500 bucks getting her car drivable so that she wouldn't borrow his car and wreck it anymore. Um, so we, uh, you know, he did all this and then he got fucking sick. He was really, really sick. He got pneumonia and he had pneumonia for the next, I don't know, three months. Uh, and I think it was from her car, although she did come and stay with them and she was coughing and spewing and everything else. You know, but she had COPD, so it's hard to know. Anyway, poor dad. Um, so she went back to uh, Spokane at the end of that summer, and uh, and I went to uh, to get her car, like to bring her car back to storage. And I got in it, and man, it was the whole back seat was full of fucking used Kleenex, and I just left it. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm not cleaning this out." I drove with the windows down. It smelled disgusting it smelled very organic i'll just leave it at that i drove with the windows down i uh, put it in fourth gear probably for the first time in its existence and uh yeah it was i mean the car was it deserved better it had a bad a bad life so i left it in storage and in the meantime my aunt who uh also owned that storage place she got pancreatic cancer and passed away dad passed away and my uncle steven who owned that place ended up in a nursing home and his son Luke took over the place and I'd forgotten all about this car. So he called me and said, do you have any idea who owns this? I said, oh my God, it's my cousin Sally's car. I said, I probably owe you for storage, Luke, but I mean, everyone's dead. Sally also died, right? So I said, everybody is dead. Do you want me to pay you and take it out? I said, I don't even know where the papers are for it. I think she had them. Uh, No, no, you know, don't worry about it. I said, well, why don't you just have the car? Um, you know, it can't be worth anything, but at least it's worth what the storage cost would be. But he was never able to find the title for it. Anyway, he called me back a few months later and he was like, this car is fucking disgusting. He said, there's Kleenex piled to the roof of the back seat. I don't know if something's living in it. I think he just towed it away and had it scrapped. (laughs) It was so gross. But, uh, anyway, that was, uh, another car that nearly killed my father. Well listeners thanks for uh tuning in check out the sister podcast my brother and i were together twice uh to record while he was home and uh they're kind of fun episodes to listen to they're a bit disorganized um and the sound quality is not great because we're sharing a microphone but uh you know they're still fun and it's nice to hear him uh if you have any questions or concerns you know (laughs) concerns who doesn't have concerns you can always write to me if you want a story shared or whatever. Just write to one foot in the grave podcast at gmail.com and make the title uh, something about Dr. Doom podcast. Um, again, thanks for tuning in. There's so many more people. Uh, I don't know if that's because 
we mentioned this on the One Foot in the Grave podcast or what, but it's cool to see it start get, getting some listens. So that's that's pretty fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna go fishing. It looks like the wind's dying down. So uh, you know, stay healthy, stay classy, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>